Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott join us. Tim, what did you see tonight? I, I saw, you know, uh, uh, def- definitely a different uh, differentiation in uh, effort. And I don't know that it was uh, fatigue or, you know, that the, they weren't just locked in. But uh, to me, it, it felt a little bit like, um, you know, that they were just a step behind everything. And I think Ron hit it on the head when he said um, that New Orleans got to all their spots. And, um, you know, I don't know there's that I don't know what you do to stop Zion. I really don't. I, I mean, the way the rules are now and, you know, the way he demands space is just a, you know, he's, he's proving it's, it's not just a jazz problem. It's a league problem the way he's playing. You know what, Tim, he plays with quickness and he plays with his body. Yeah, he sure does. And, and he uses it very well and knows he's strong. He knows he's quick. And if you're going to challenge his shot and, and you're going to, you're going to lose, especially if he's coming into your chest or something like that, but he, he uses his body very, very well. Yeah, he does. He's, um, I mean, he, you know what he's going to do, and he just does it. And th- that's what you say about the great ones, you know. Um, and, and I think he's on that track. But he's, uh, he's, he's a fun player to watch. He gets to the line, you know, really crafty, uh, and gets to the line, finishes his and ones uh, at a pretty high rate. And he, he just, yeah, he's, there's, not, there's not a lot of uh, guys like him and. You know, that he, he's just he's pretty fun to watch. Ron, you made an interesting point midway through the game. You were like, does he pass? And then he and then he started passing. Like right almost it's almost as though you, you made that question, like, well, you gotta force him to pass. And then he turned around and had three or four dimes in the second half. Well what 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 I saw was that he he'll he doesn't play to set anyone up to pass. He passes and what's a good offensive player, that, that's usually what happens. And and I don't know why I'm I'm touching on this, but if if um he passes when he's in trouble or he doesn't, he doesn't work to, to set one of his teammates up to get to uh, a couple of times he was driving to the basket, he was cut off. So he passed off the dribble, which was very impressive and, and got uh, Adams a layup or something like that. But he was, he only averages three a game, which tells me that he doesn't have to pass that often. And maybe they don't want him passing. Go to the basket, son. Yeah, if I'm them, I, I only want him passing when he's cut off and has no other choice, just like you said. <laughs> Go to the basket, son. And that doesn't happen very often. That's, yes. He's pretty impressive. That pass he threw, Ron, you're, I know the one you're talking about. He kind of came off a, a a down screen, curled it, got it, got the pass, and then threw that dime to Hernan Gomez. Was it Gomez, yeah, not Adams? Yeah, right down the, the lane, right? Yeah. And he was and Hernan Gomez was in the dunker spot. That was That was a big-time pass. How about this for a stat real quick coming from ESPN Stats and Info. Booner, you'll like this one. Well, maybe not like it, but it's an interesting stat. Pelicans are the first team to score more than 70 points in the paint against the Jazz in the last 25 years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. They had 74 total tonight. 25 years. That's incredible. Wow. And getting back to what we said before the ballgame, Zion was averaging 19. So that means they got a lot of layups. Ingram was able to get in there. That's that's remarkable. And 25 years. So that goes back to what year? 96? 96. That was the championship year. I mean, what champion? Well, Western Conference championship year anyway. You know, the other one I would say on this, at least, and I'm not trying to be Pollyanna, I just think it's like it was pretty clear this one was done and they made it a game. For sure. Right? There's There's some positive that. You know, they didn't say, oh, well, we're 27 and 7 and rest, you know, we're good. Yeah. I, and I think that you, you hit it on the head, David. It's a, uh, in my take, is it's a, it's the thing that, you know, some th- things have loosened just by virtue of time and not having a ton of practice and a lot of games. Um, but defensively, I think they just need to tighten some things down. When you're good, you can get away with things. That is true. Eventually catches. I, I wouldn't know that though. Um, I've had to work for everything. You know, I'm you not had very a few, good. You had a few good ones out there. <laughs> yeah. When you have Jimmer, you got away with a few things. I bet. But yeah, a few things. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday and then have a little break. That's not the worst thing in the world. Philadelphia. Yep. Seventy sixers. Gonna be Joel a tough one. Be- How do you think Joel Embiid's back is? <laughs> we'll find I'll out. After, I'll we? bet after tonight he's starting to feel limber. I, I bet he plays. Yeah. He can't miss. He only played 27. He had 24, 13, and 5. He only played 27 minutes. I don't think he can. 
I don't think he can duck another one. Yeah, yeah. plus he's at home. So. Well, we'll see. Thank you, guys. Great see job you. tonight. All right, 129 to 124 is final. Jazz follow the Pelicans. We're breaking it down next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Tough loss tonight to the Pelicans, one twenty nine to one twenty four. And Tim, they tried to buckle down on D about the last six, five, six minutes of the game, but just uh, not quite enough as uh, they can't uh, um, finish the comeback and end up losing by five. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of um, you know the the last at least the Miami game. Just could not get a stop, and um, I I know that. You know, what Zion does is really elite. And Ingram, you know, but the Jazz, they played this team. They were obviously capable of, of doing a little better job guarding them. Um, you know, they, they, they struggled to, to get stops, and they really struggled, you know, defensively to get back in transition. You know, uh, New Orleans did a great job of, of racing the ball up and getting some early possessions, early things in, in transition. So, um, yeah, just a disappointing one. You know, I haven't felt like the, the Jazz have kind of – let a game like this go um, really since that that New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Or sorry, Brooklyn trip. So um, yeah, they they gotta gotta regroup quick because they gotta got another tough one here on Wednesday. The Pelicans only played eight players, and six of those eight were in double figures. Steven Adams only had five and Hernan Gomez with eight. Everybody else is in double figures tonight. And and we're not talking about a juggernaut of an offensive team, right? This, They've been good lately, but yeah, I hear right. what you're saying. Right, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the Jazz been, uh, Locke was talking about, a top two defensively. And we'll Correct. see what happens after tonight's game. But uh, unexpected. Just didn't play very tough. Didn't play uh, tough on the boards. And uh, and the Pelicans did. And Yeah, man, giving up 74 points in the paint. In fact, we should lead the show with that. Let's get to tonight's points in the paint brought to you by our friends at Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight's points in the paint, not pretty. Outscored 74 to 56. Zion took all 17 of his shots in the restricted That is area. insane. <laughs> and, and to nuts. me, so so here's the thing. Um, obviously, that's his game, right? That That's exactly the film that Quinn showed the guys. That what Zion's been doing to everybody. So there's there's a part of this that hey he's going to do this, this is what he does. But there's yeah. also a part of this, our defensive scheme is going to do such and such to take it away. And you know what it felt like tonight it was the Jazz were just a step slow, and did not really put up the kind of fight we're used to. Um, and whether that's because they were tired or or you know it was just a game they thought they could hang around and win. Uh, but I I agree that like you said they they played really hard to finish the game which is encouraging, but you kind of wonder where was that you know that energy all, the way, all the way through. Yeah, I mean in the third quarter, which is usually the Jazz really money quarter, they were outscored by the Pelicans forty to twenty four. Usually we've seen this Jazz team kind of make the adjustments in half and come out with a little spring in their step, and that that just was not the case. And and you know the standard we're, I am I, right now. I'm talking about in particular is probably a little subhuman. We have, what we've been watching has is not typically the case. You know during the course of an NBA season, you're going to see a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs. And for the most part, this team has really kind of just got ridden along with it. Um, but I thought David made a pretty interesting point during the broadcast about you know they have to have their share of of being able to play on nights where. You know, for instance, AD didn't play. Um, they obviously caught the Clippers uh, the night, one night when they didn't have any of their main guys. Um, and so I, I know that's happening all over the league, but the, the slippage defensively could could be really gradual, and you just don't notice it because of the level of opponents sometimes. Right, exactly. And we've talked about this in the pregame. It takes a lot of focus to play really, really good defense at an elite level every single night. And we just didn't see that tonight until the last six minutes of play, really, where they, you know, were trying to finish that comeback and then some offensive execution stuff down the stretch. That that uh, three-point shot that Conley had, which actually was a two with about 12 seconds to go, was just such a weird – it was just such a weird turn of events because usually coming out, uh, the Jazz would get a better shot than that. Plus, yeah. they didn't have to have a three. Exactly. So I what I didn't understand is they got kind of stuck between, you know – 
uh, it almost felt like the it was 10 seconds later in the shock, or they thought yeah. it was 10, you know, the reaction because they were almost jumping behind the line to kind of have to take something quickly, and there was still a lot of time. And like David said, they could have driven the ball even one more time, uh, fouled, and, you know, had an opportunity. So that will be interesting if, if that Quinn get us gets asked about that uh, that possession. But when Royce buried that three you, uh, to cut it to one, you kind of thought to yourself, hmm. No, exactly. Yeah, and as David noted a couple times, the Pelicans have not been great necessarily down the stretch in close games. So there's a little hope there, but then not so much. Yeah, I, and, and I do love that fight. At least there's you know there was a response to yeah. getting down as much as they did. They, they really did fight back. All right, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Uh, our next broadcast will uh, come your way on Wednesday night, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, this will be the last game before the All-Star break. It will tip off at 5 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we will have post-game sound for you. We'll continue to break this one down as the Jazz fall tonight to the Pelicans by the count of 129 to 124 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz fall tonight in New Orleans to the Pelicans, one twenty nine to one twenty four. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company or Les Les Olson Company, your office technology partner tonight. The Jazz shot forty five and a half percent from the field. 39.5% from three. They were 17 of 43, led by, let's see here, Bogdanovich had 31 points tonight, 11 of 21 shooting, 7 of 11 from three. He also grabbed seven rebounds. Bogey had three steals tonight as well. The Jazz's team had 11 steals tonight. Hello, Arby's Sandwich. Our boy Alex knows about that. Well, turn on those notifications, people. Enjoy. Do they have a Arby's at the Gateway by chance? I don't know. I don't know. Talented voice actor, though, our boy Alex Lumberg. Uh, get uh, RBN Horsey Saucy go with both of them. Oh, Coach. Yes. Yeah, you got to go with both of them, right? Are you kidding me? Swimming in it. Yep. <laughs> I mix them. Uh, 22 points from Rudy tonight on 9 of 13 shooting. Rudy also had nine boards and uh, five block shots. Uh, let's see. Donovan Mitchell with 21 on 7 of 21 shooting. Donovan, one of eight from three. He did have eight assists tonight. Mike Conley with 10 points and eight assists. Jordan Clarkson with 20 coming in off the bench, 7 of 14 shooting. Now this, uh, get this, the Pelicans shot 56.5% from the field tonight, which is just nuts. They were actually up over 60% uh, as late as the fourth quarter. Uh, they just smashed the Jazz on the boards, 53-39. to 39. They were led by Williamson and Ingram. Both had 26 apiece. Lonzo Ball had 23. Redick had 17 coming in off the bench. Hart had 13. So, I mean, just a, a real... Terrific offensive performance from the Pelicans and uh, you and Booner were talking about. They got wherever they wanted to go all night long. You know, and, and what's crazy is the Jazz for them in that first half really did get wherever they wanted to go offensively. Um, and, and I know we've laughed a couple times this year about, you know, teams like the Jazz shot 43 threes. Um, this Pelicans team only attempted 11 threes tonight. Um, and you say, you know, we've, we've actually taken – Shots at the old school, but tonight was an old school uh, performance. So and, was the Miami game. Yeah, they it really was. Were, yeah, and and you know, so th- there's got to be an element here, and, and part of it is the isolation. You know, because teams really do when you isolate in the middle of the floor, like teams are doing, uh, and you get a guy like Butler, who I don't care who the Jazz have. I mean, Butler's a better one-on-one guy than yeah. most in the league. Um, but so you could say the same about Ingram and Zion too. So just, you know, you, you try to assemble all this information as you watch a season, but this one's got me interested in trying to figure out the, the trend, you know, in the, in the isolation. And some of that stuff has got to, there's got to be a common issue as to why it's given the Jazz trouble. Well, both those guys are kind of different, but uniquely good, right? I mean, Zion is just a, a monster and can get to the rim on anybody, which is just crazy. And then Ingram is so long. I mean, and he's kind of got that Kevin Durant shooting a phone booth kind of thing going. Obviously, he's not Kevin Durant, but got that, you know, nearly impossible to block, and he's going to get the shot up no matter what because he's got that quick release, but he's also so long, he's going to get up over everybody. Yeah, and so it's, it's well, I mean, those guys are obviously really talented, but like I said, the, the Jazz have done a good job at, at taking options away, the best options away. That's, you know, on their runs, they've 
uh, you know, on their winning streaks, that, that was notorious. They were taking guys like Trey Young out for the night or uh, Lillard didn't have great nights against them. And, yeah. and so there's got to be something about this power force thing that we watched with Butler and, and that we watched tonight and some of that isolation that is probably a common thread. Well, let's get the coach's thoughts on the loss. Let's go back to New Orleans. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Okay, we're going to start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Coach, looking at your defense tonight, you guys struggled to get stops. I mean, you're facing a heck of a player in Zion, but you did show a lot of grit in the final four minutes. What do you take away from this one? Well, we just have to be, you know, we have to be better defensively. It was transition, um, you know, on the ball, you know, getting blown by the the glass. You know, there, there wasn't a lot that we did well throughout the course of the game on the defensive end. So it's, we just have to be better. There's, like I said, there's, there's a lot of things we need to do better. And I, I think there are things we know. We just didn't execute. We have to execute. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. When you guys are usually the ones coming out in the third quarter, making the big adjustments and, and going on a run as a result, this time the Pelicans start really kind of forcing the ball to Zion and, and letting him go to work very early on. What was kind of the the difference early in the third tonight? Well, we didn't protect the paint. That was the biggest thing. Uh, you know, if they're able to get in the paint as easy as they did, you know, the, no amount of kind of resolve um, once the ball gets there is, is going to be enough. So, as I said, there's a lot of things that we didn't do defensively, at, and I think you know that's what we've that's what we've done coming out of the halftime. We've raised our level on the defensive end and been able to get out in transition and and make people pay for um, for those situations. But if we're not getting stops, um, you know, it's harder for us to play offense. And more than anything, you know, we gave up a 40-point quarter. David James, KUTV. Quinn, how much do you think fatigue was an issue in this, and how much was it something else defensively? Well, there, you know, give New Orleans credit. Obviously, you know, both Brandon Ingram and, um, and Zion, you know, they're terrific, terrific offensive players and they're hard to guard, but um, we, we, we let them get what they wanted. Um, as I said, and, you know, I thought Lonzo Ball did a really good job. They had a lot of guys that were making plays. Um, as far as fatigue goes, you know, the, every team in the league is going to be fatigued right now. And, um, you know, that's something we just, just have to play through. You, we can still communicate. You know, we had breakdowns and you know, pick and roll where he didn't switch, just a lot of different things. And, um, you know, if you have to think harder and be more urgent, those are things that you can control. Last question, Ben Anderson, KSLsports.com. Quinn, it seems like the team's getting off to some slower starts tonight was certainly an issue. Uh, are, are you noticing that? And if so, what, what do you think the issue is? Yeah, I've, it's, I don't know, Ben. I feel like it's hard to generalize on that. Um, about the slowest start was in the third quarter. Um, but certainly we want to start the game well. We talked about, you know, the last time we played them at home, they really got out in transition. And I think that's one of the biggest things. You have to be ready to really have urgency in transition and, and not give up, you know, easy shots. And same thing with the, um, you know, with the, their, their, our defensive glass. You know, if you give them additional possessions, and we, we had some stretches like that where we gave gave up offensive rebounds, and then on our offensive end, we had a stretch where we turned the ball over. And you know they they're so quick and long and athletic in transition, they make you pay for that. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate your time. Okay. All right, there's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, had a number of things to say, I suppose. Obviously, not real happy about the defensive effort from his team. And yeah, and he he the point he made that was interesting was he, um, you know, he said. It, it, you have to really do certain things to keep the ball out of the paint because once it's there, um, you know, they're, they're capable of then doing what they do. So that kind of leads me to believe the scheme, um, you know, that they that they put in and space. You know, we talk about offensive spacing, but defensive spacing, I, I would bet, you know, he was maybe a little disappointed with uh, guys not executing the plan as well as he'd hoped they would. Well, 74 points in the paint, something went wrong. Yeah. The most most points in the paint surrendered by the Utah Jazz in 25 years, on a team where you have Rudy Gobert, you know there was probably something schematically. Yeah, there was just an a, issue. Just a touch off. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously, I don't know why we have to keep you know, like history uh, uh, comes into the broadcast every night. But another like one, it. right? Um, this is not one that you want to remember. And you know, it's it. The unfortunate part is it's a. Uh, you know, I think there were certain things as the game went on, and even in, late in that run, they they showed they had some energy, but it's just not figuring that out or, or doing it earlier. Right. And uh, Coach Snyder obviously not not pleased with that. I mean, it's something that they'll have to fix. I, I, I honestly think it's a big t- it's an urgency problem. I don't know. You and I were talking about it off the air. Maybe this isn't fair, but it seemed like when the urgency snapped to when the latter part of the fourth quarter went from a 13-point lead to a one-point lead. It just seemed like a, you know, the the capability to get stops was there. They just didn't click in until it was a little too late. And I know so much of what we t- talked about this year because it's the fun part is the the offense and the three point shooting, and that they're shooting it faster and that they're sharing the ball. But there is no doubt in my mind that this team will go as far as their defense. And when I talk yep. about defense, not just Rudy but all five guys um, being locked into the defensive plan and then going out and doing it. Um, that, that's going to be a huge part of all the other stuff being as important as it needs to be. Yeah, I certainly didn't think Rudy was the defensive effort tonight. I mean, not that Rudy is or the defensive problem tonight, not that Rudy is ever the defensive problem, but he had five blocks, and it seemed like he was doing his best when the other guys would get in the lane, but then – you know, they had a tough time helping the helper sometimes, and his guy got a dunk. So it was just one of those nights. And they were doing a good job. Like, they were almost a handoff, um, big to big, like Ingram and, and Zion uh, below the free throw line. So both guys, you know, whether they, they ran it for one or the other, had their shoulders square and were able to kind of get where they wanted to go. And the Jazz had a hard time with that particular action. And they went at him with that a couple times. And then Lonzo Ball played really well, which uh, I personally have not been all that high on Lonzo. And then he comes out and has a great game against the Jazz tonight. 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 8 assists. And he beat his guy on the reg, too. Yeah, and he he's shown in signs of improvement, major improvement, his shot. You know, I, I've always liked his feel for the game, but I always thought you got to be able to shoot it. And he actually shot the ball well, and, and his form looked way better. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I saw his name pop up in a potential, you know, potential trades by the trade deadline. I mean, maybe he's he's got a little fire lit under him, and he's going to go out there and play a little bit, uh, a little bit better. But he's certainly great tonight. No, he was great. It was fun to watch tonight. All right, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, uh, the Pelicans beat the Jazz tonight, 129-124. to 124. We'll get you some player sound, and we'll continue to break this one out down coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, Jazz fall tonight in New Orleans to the Pelicans, one twenty nine to one twenty four. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. It is time for your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert, back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's master of the glass for the Utah Jazz, as usual, Rudy Gobert. He had nine rebounds uh, tonight, but the Jazz did not rebound the ball well. Out-rebounded by the Pelicans, 53-39. to And maybe that had a lot to do with the Pelicans, just didn't miss any shots. Yeah, they didn't miss many. And, um, you know, they, they got a good share of the ones they did miss. And um, and also the Jazz, I, I, that just was another kind of indicative of just not being on it right tonight. That's because that's a that's a stat that's been pretty pretty honest. That when the Jazz re- out rebound the opponent, um, you know, and and take that battle, they they usually fare pretty well. Uh, Stephen Adams had eleven boards for the Pelicans. Zion Williamson had uh, ten. So Zion had a double-double to go along with his 26 points. And they had five assists, too. Zion had a couple of nice passes in there. The six turnovers were a little rough. But, I mean, he certainly – his game, if it continues to evolve, God, he is a unique problem 
uh, even in a, a, a league of unique problems. You know what I started to think about? I mean, the way this game is going, why not just play him at the five, right? Because that's what he is offensively. Is. And defensively, who cares what, you know, because he doesn't really do a whole lot anyway, but play that dude at the five and get four shooters around him like the Jazz have and play this same type of, you know, style where nobody can really double down, and when you switch, you really got to pay for it. Like, that that's pretty fun to think about. And we did see it a little bit, I want to say, there in the fourth quarter where he was the biggest guy out there and Rudy had to, to man up on him. Well, I mean, it's it's probably got to be better than having uh, Willie Herman Gomez out there, although Herman Gomez did go four for five tonight. It's <laughs> a good name. It is a good name. It's Willie with one L, if I'm not mistaken, Let's too, see, right? Hernan Gomez. Yep. Or is it Will- t- no, it's two. That's oh, two L's. No, okay. He's got two. I thought there was something weird with the. You don't L's. see enough uh, guys named Willie anymore. It's good. That's a good handle. But more importantly, you don't see enough guys named Hernan Gomez. No, no. Well, he, yeah. Eight points tonight for Willie. Four of five. He had seven boards and three assists. You know what? Uh, he had actually a pretty good game. He had a block as well. But I, I hear you. And, and Locke was talking about during the broadcast, they've gone through three or four backup bigs this year alone. So why not go small, have Zion play out there as, as your big? I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, that's. I, I'm talking like, you know, down the road a little bit. Get Work work your, your magic, get a couple more high draft picks or whatever, and just totally have shooters around him and playmakers. Well, running the offense through him seems to be a pretty good move. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Nope. And it's actually that's a tweak they've made since they play. They yes. last played him last time. So the old crafty Van Gundy's coming through. Well, it's a smart move. I mean, he's for a guy his you know his size and who loves playing downhill so much. He's a good ball handler. Uh, I mean, the six turnovers might not lead you to believe that, but you know the eye test certainly would. Sure. Put it between his legs a few times. He did. I mean, got into the paint, made a couple dimes. Whatever you got to do. Right. He and Brandon Ingram both got into the paint. No problem. It still blows me away. You know, Zion was 10 of 17, and all 17 were in the restricted area. It's just it nuts. Seem, it doesn't seem like he could possibly No, do it seems stupid. <laughs> and a lot of it was in transition, I suppose, but a lot of it was I mean, just. seriously, like, if I said, Jake, I'm going to punch you in the face right now, okay? Okay. Boom. Jake, I'm going to punch you. Yeah. You, you know what's stop com- it eventually. <laughs> you know what's coming. But, hey, I mean, I guess you know what's coming. Go ahead and stop hey, it. I've if been you on can. the other end of that. And, yeah. and it isn't as easy as we make it sound. But I think that's the part that Quinn's disappointed about is that it wasn't like they had some surprise tactic. They basically threw the ball to the guys that make plays for them every night, and they went and made plays for them every night or tonight in the spots they wanted to, and that, that irks Quinn as a coach. All right, let's get some more post-game sound for you. Let's go back to New Orleans. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. We'll get started with Tony Jones, the athletic. Donovan, have you uh, noticed um, a change kind of going from, you know, the hunter as a team to kind of the hunter, so to speak, you know, now that you guys have gotten off to such a great start to the season? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think – that's to be expected when we, we're doing what we're doing, you know, playing over playing. We play free, we play with joy, and, and, you know, teams, you know, teams want to, you know, kill that joy, you know, and rightfully so. Uh, we just got to be ready for it. You know, we came in at home and, you know, beat them twice, you know, doing what we do. And, you know, we knew they're going to come out like that. But, you know, I think we just got to do a better job as a whole. Um, and it really wasn't even the offense, I can't even say. It's just the defense. You know, three different guys had 20 points. Um rebounds like we, we we knew exactly what we had to do and we just didn't execute and that's on us um and whether we're hunted or the hunter or the hunted like we still got to be that aggressive team you know and we just weren't it tonight you know we weren't the same team we were in Orlando um as a whole you know at the end of the game we competed and, and you know we were doing what we're doing but you know we kind of let up a little bit and we'll fix it but you know this is a uh, tough one you know I think it's a tough one to, to to accept because it was stuff that we can control and we knew this is how they're going to come out and uh, we didn't execute. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. I've been two questions for you. One, uh, defensively, I mean, they got into the paint so frequently. What was it tonight that kind of allowed uh, Zion special, but it wasn't just him that got down low. What what was it? Defensively? Um, I don't want to say lack of focus. I think it's just lack of urgency. Um, I think is, you know, 
what I would say it was we 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 went over it twice. You know, I think when we played them twice. We knew what they we know what they do. You know, they the number one getting in the paint. We had all the stats lined up of what they did, and we knew it. I think we just didn't execute it the right way, and and you know we were late to certain things. We're standing there watching. You know, straight line drives. Um, I think that's that's what really hurt us. You know, like you said, Zion and, and Brandon are, are special. Um, you know, I think Alonzo had a really good game as well. But you know, I think for us, we got to own the paint, and you know, we didn't we didn't do that in any way, shape, or form tonight. Um, and that's on us. You know, that's a lack of urgency. You know, I think the that's that's where we got to you know be the team we want to be. We got to have that at all times. You know, this is like I said, it's a tough loss, and you know, I think we're all pretty upset about it just because it's stuff that we know. And it wasn't like we were tired. It wasn't like there was anything. We just didn't have the urgency, and that can't happen when we wanted to be the team we want to be. And then my second question, just a smaller issue, but the, the dunks this year for you, you're actually only shooting 8 of 15 on dunks this year. Um, yeah. What's going on? Um, on that last one, I messed my finger up a little bit. Um, the others, I don't know. Maybe just trying to dunk it too hard. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know, to be honest with you. Eric Walden, Salt Lake um, Normally, you guys are the ones making the big halftime adjustments and coming out and kind of rolling in the third quarter, either turning a deficit into a lead or if you have a lead, expanding it. Tonight, they're the ones who kind of did that, you know, just rolling with, with Zion early. Kind of what were they doing early on in the third that, that worked so well and turned the game around? Um, I think they honestly did the same thing, to be honest with you, Eric. I think it was really just our lack of urgency, like attention to detail, focusing on the little things like, you know, they gave the ball to Zion, they ran the small, small pick and roll and he got downhill. And if he missed, there was a rebound or if he, he drop off or we, we fouled JJ Redick tw three times in, in one night. Like we, we got to be better than that as a whole, you know, um, turnovers on the offensive end, jumping out of bounds, throwing it, knowing they're not leaving shooters. You know, it's not the game to do that. You know, I think that's, there's all different things that we can do. Um, better, you know, I think they came out, you know, just aggressive and like Tony said, you know, they were, they were hunting tonight and we weren't ready for it. Last question, Chris and Kenny, Joss TV. You're going to be facing a team you already saw before that you beat at home, top team in the East and the, the Sixers now going to their house. Can you just talk about, you know, being the hunted, but now you're going into their house. What do you expect from their matchup, Joel? I'm sure we'll be back on the floor. The same thing. You know, I think, you know, just because they're number one in the East, we, you know, they're, they're coming at us too. We just got to be ready. You know, at the end of the day, keep the, keep the energy we had, you know, against, or even though we lost Miami, but Miami and Orlando were games where we came out, you know, and, and did what we were supposed to do. Um, uh, mainly Orlando, but, you know, with them, they, like you said, they lost at our place, you know, and they're looking to, you know, come to do the same thing to us when we get there. Um, and we got to be ready for it on all fronts. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is just matching, one matching effort, attention to detail, and, you know, not losing two in a row. All right. Thank you, Donovan. There you go. That's uh, Donovan Mitchell. And uh, Donovan tonight, uh, let's see, 21 points, 7 of 21 shooting. He had eight assists, four rebounds. But uh, I agree with what he said right there. He, he said didn't have urgency. He said that about five times in those comments and said it wasn't the offense, it was the defense. Yeah, effort, urgency, and attention to detail, which are all things we've talked about. And it's why the Jazz have been really good. Um, and it's human nature when you get, you know, like you feel like you got a handle on something to uh, regress a little bit. And um, so I, I'm not surprised. I've seen it a lot with really good teams. It's hard to stay on that really high trajectory and really high level for long periods of time. And the Jabs have actually played for long periods of time in that spot. So um, agree with Donovan, though. This is a between-the-years thing. This is a kind of tighten down the screws and show a little bit more uh, determination. I, I would totally agree with him on that. Well, I would think digging in and playing good defense against a team like this is not the easiest thing in the world. Just their size and oh, length and their determination. There's just a lot of physical contact. Too, yeah, right. right? And you, yeah, you've got to be determined. You got to be in there. And um, you know, and the other hard part is they they take tough shots. Um, a lot of Ingram's shots are tough. But you know, we've talked about it. If a, if a shooter, a scorer, sees a first couple go in. Um, you know, it's just like going down to 
Vegas throwing a hundred dollars in a slot machine and you get a thousand, the rest of the trip, you're going to be pretty loose, right? Because <laughs> you, you got plenty of money to spend. And that's what a guy feels like when he gets out there and makes his first couple. Right. And, uh, and that certainly happened tonight as jazz lose to the Pelicans, one twenty nine to one twenty four. Let's keep things rolling with some more post game sound. Let's throw it back to new Orleans and let's hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. We'll get started here. First question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Boyan. I was wondering if you could kind of just uh, speak to how difficult it is to guard Zion Williamson just with his combination of kind of speed and, and, and power. He really kind of took it to you guys a little bit at the beginning of that third quarter. I mean, it's tough. He's so athletic, strong, and then he got a his great finishing around the rim. And then even if, if he don't score the first one, he's... He's one of the best in the league for grabbing his own his own misses and and, and trying to, to dunk it or let it, let it in. So it's it's pretty tough. Even if if you give him the the space, he's attacking straight straight on you. So it was it's tough to guard him actually. Strong and 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 pretty pretty athletic. Kristen Kenny, Just TV. Well, you guys struggled to get the stops and gave up too many points in the paint until the final four minutes of that fourth quarter. But is this a bit of a motivator for you all as you look ahead and head to Philly? It's got to be. It's got to be. We cannot. We cannot get any 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 easy buckets. Our defense been solid all all year. So no matter how we play offensively, we gotta we gotta get a stops and, and give us the chance to. To win the game, they had a forty points or, or or something like that in the third quarter. So that that cannot happen. So we gotta we gotta bounce back and 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 play play great defense against Philly and try to get a win before the before the break. David James, KTV. Boyan, what do you think the uh, the issue was that forty point quarter and the seventy point half? Uh, lack of urgency, fatigue, some combination, something else. What what was the issue? I mean, even when they when they missed a couple couple of shots, they were they were grabbing the rebound. They dominate us on a on a glass. So we gotta we gotta be focused. We show in the first half that we can that we can guard. We were we were taking some 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 bad shots and then they were running on a, on our backs we didn't use our our fouls on a, on the right way to stop their their fast break so so we got to be we got to be more concentrated and more physical defensively all right thank you all right boyan bogdanovich and uh, bogdanovich was really good tonight shooting the basketball 31 points 11 to 21 shooting 7 11 from 3 at seven boards uh, three steals and an assist. You heard him talking about guarding Zion, though, and that's a, that's a different beast. Bo, uh, Bogdanovich faced an uphill battle all night anytime he got matched up on him. As did Royce, uh, as did yep. anybody that really tried to step in there. As and George. George. I took mean, his turn, yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and what's crazy is most of the league, you know, anybody that lines up with him is going to have a, a hard time, uh, strictly because, like Bogey said, his size and strength. It's a... Uh, it is really uncanny how big he is, and but how versatile and how he can get by guys. And I, I'm I'm somebody that even you know a couple of weeks ago said, I don't know at the end of the day unless you do what I suggested, you know, put a bunch of shooters around him, uh, you know, that he'll ever be great, great, great. But man, he's on the verge. You know, he's he's definitely found something. And uh, credit to get Van Gundy too because he's got it, it's a hard uphill battle for him as a coach to get him, you know, get Zion creative ways to get the ball, and he's doing a good job of, of doing that. Much in a similar way of Giannis maybe four or five years ago at the beginning of his career, if it continues to evolve and the skill set continues to move forward with his, you know, physical capabilities, I, the sky's the limit for the guy. But, I mean, you know, you got to put in the work and develop those skills, and Giannis is – MVP twice over. So, I mean, that's that's a, a pretty steep standard, and Giannis obviously put a ton of work into it. But, you know, that potential is there for Zion. He's not going to get away with his entire career taking 17 out of 17 shots in the restricted area. But, you know, you can see the beginning of it. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely has 
legs, I guess now. And, um, man, he, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's a problem. He's, he's a real problem. Yeah, no doubt. He's going to be a problem for everybody. And he was certainly uh, a problem for the Utah jazz tonight. Go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final jazz fall tonight in New Orleans to the Pelicans, 129-124. to More sound from the locker room. We'll get some stat nuggets from our guy Tyson as well coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, with you. The Pelicans beat the Jazz tonight, one twenty nine to one twenty four. Let's get a look at your uh, three point feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tonight, the Jazz from three shot thirty nine and a half percent, seventeen of forty three. Led by Boyan Bogdanovich's 7 for 11. Royce was 2 of 5 tonight. Conley, 2 of 6. Donovan Mitchell struggled. He was 1 of 8. Uh, Joe Ingles was 0 for 2 coming in off the bench. George Niang, 2 of 4. Jordan Clarkson, 3 for 7. Joe Ingles struggled tonight, Tim. He didn't score. He was 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. He had 2 assists, 2 rebounds, a steal, and a block. But uh, Joe has... you know, he what was it? Uh, it all runs together. Laker game where he was just phenomenal, right? Had over twenty, even though he was coming in off the bench, and then uh, you know was good starting the other night against Orlando, but was not terrific against Miami, and then not terrific again tonight. And I really hate that narrative of is Joe better in the starting lineup because I think he's good enough to succeed in um, either role that the Jazz put him in, but he certainly struggled tonight. I wonder if it is getting in, you know, when he can settle into a rhythm. And settle into a spot, that's when he's good. But when he's got to kind of alternate back and forth, I mean, that would be the only thing I could throw out there because that's kind of what we've seen. Yeah. Um, you know, he was obviously really good on that, you know, extended absence of Conley's where he was playing the point guard the entire time. Um, but who knows? Just a, a thought. And he was a little overmatched defensively tonight. Tonight was a tough night to play Joe a bunch of minutes because he just didn't – there There wasn't a good matchup no, for there him wasn't. out there. Mm-mm. It was a – it was a very, very physical game. From physical players, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Joe's going to have a tough time with Brandon Ingram's length. Yep. You know, and you look at uh, Lonzo Ball or or Bledsoe. They're I mean, you heard quicker and right. And J.J. Redick, who, who uh, you know, drew fouls on his three-point shots tonight, which was just crazy. He was three or four from three. So it's not like the closeouts on J.J. were going all that well either. Correct. Yeah, I think it was George that walked through the one, right? Yeah. That was I. I hated fouling threes. Oh, the worst. Oh, and the how worst. NBA players sell it now too. And not that the Jazz are immune for that from that, by the way. But I just just got to drive coaches nuts. Oh, it's the worst. There's nothing worse. And it punishes uh, good hard closeouts sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting now because what's in vogue and what they're really looking for is you give them a place to land. Right. Right. That's now the new. Um, new thing that's re- re- they can go back and look at if you get in their cylinder or whatever. But my thing is that you got to contest the shot, but under no condition do you foul three. Right. And by the way, I think that's a really great rule, but the offensive players just manipulate it. Like what happened in the, and not to get too sidetracked, but what happened in the, what was it, a conference finals between the Warriors and the Spurs when Zaza uh, shuffled underneath Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi got hurt landing. And I, I think that was it for him in the series. It was. If, if yeah, he memory was done. serves. Yeah, he was, he was done and Golden State ends up winning. I mean, that, that, that sort of thing is inexcusable. Absolutely. You should be able to have a place to land when you go up to shoot a three. Oh, but, no doubt. But how they, they really sell it. If that defensive player is anywhere in the neighborhood. Of yeah, them. for sure. They, and that's, you know, that's, that's what I mean by that. For sure. They're, that was one of the dirtiest plays I've ever seen in the NBA. That it, particular it was play. Like he was, where should I put my right here? Well, he took that extra little shuffle, yep. and then it's just, yeah, that was that was really bad. And talk about having an impact on the series. I mean, taking Kawhi Leonard out for the rest of it, that was that was just brutal. So that can't happen. I really like the the spirit of the rule is terrific, but the offensive player really seems to manipulate it these days. Oh yeah, and 
that's the reviewable thing. I mean, at least when I watch, that's kind of the thing they're they're really they always have things they're cracking down on. Yeah. That's the crackdown thing. Yep, no doubt. All right, let's get some more sound for you. Let's go back to New Orleans. Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Hey, Rudy, we'll get started with Tony Jones, The Athletic. Uh, Rudy, when, when teams are playing, you know, the last three or four teams that you guys have seen play really well against you guys, um, is this a, just a matter of raising your level or is it this just a matter of just trying to put together 48 really good minutes? I mean, at the end of the day, I think we we compete with ourselves. And we know that, you know, now we're in a position when, you know, teams are, you know, when the players, they see it as a challenge, you know, and they, it, it brings out the best out of them every single night, you know, kind of like, I mean, every team that's, that's playing well, you know, when, when you play those kind of team, you want to, you, you, you know that you have to be ready or else we're going to beat them by 30. So they, they come out and they, they play great. They play hard, you know, and uh, it's like a, it's almost like a playoff game every night. So, you know, we, it's on us to uh, be better, be better defensively. And I think when we're better defensively, uh, the offense, you know, takes care of itself. And we, we've seen that many times in the, you know, earlier in the season when, you know, when we, when our mind is not in the right place, uh, you know, when we, we don't play the, the kind of defense that we can play, uh, it usually affects our offense too. And, you know, and those nights are usually not our best nights. Chris and Kenny, Joss TV. Rudy, do you use this one as a little bit of a motivator as you guys look ahead to Philly, considering they're another dominant team in the paint? I mean, every every night is a is an opportunity for us to get better, and you know, tonight, whether we win, whether we lose, you know, obviously we want to win every game. But uh, you know, uh, sometimes when you lose, uh, it opens your eyes a little more on uh, where you you know you can improve. And you know, obviously tonight is defense. You know, I think we I think we had a chance to win this game anyway. Uh, you know, we went one one terrible call away from. You know, being a one-point game and maybe getting a chance to win. Uh, we fought hard to, you know, come back in the game. Uh, you know, but uh, we learned from it. You know, we know that there's a lot of things that we should have done earlier to not even be in this position. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So you guys had done a pretty good job of containing Zion early, uh, just nine points at halftime. And then he comes out and... He alone gets 15 in the third. They get 24 points in the paint in the third. They score 40 in the third. What kind of changed uh, in that third quarter? I mean, they were, Zion, even, you know, he's a, he's a very good at what he does, which is attacking the rim and putting a lot of pressure on the rim. And uh, he did a great job, you know, getting those finishes in, in the third. Um, you know, like I said, you know, I think it's our defense. I think we, we and I especially could have done a much better job in that third quarter. Um, you know, but it's, once again, you know, it's about us getting better. And uh, I mean, I, I watched the film and see, you know, all the things that I could have done better. But I definitely, you know, uh, there's a few layups that he had that I could have impacted more. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the ones that when I go straight up and I get an elbow in the chest, uh, there's not much I can do about that, you know. Uh, they talk to us about all these rules and being very cold, and and it's great, you know. Uh, you know, I've I've been trying to do it over the years, but when someone jumps elbow first, you know, there's not much you can do. I mean, it's, it looks good on the highlights, but it's still an offensive foul. So it's, you know, that's not what we lost, you know, once again. But uh, I think we should have done a better job defensively. All right, that's all the time we have. Thank you, Rudy. There you go, Rudy Gobert, whose uh, stat line tonight was really good. 22 points, nine boards. He had five block shots. Rudy, grumpy with the officiating. You heard him talking about uh, Zion leading with the elbow right there and how that's an offensive foul. Looks good on the highlights, but it's an offensive foul, which is a a good line that made me chuckle a little bit. But he also said they were one bad call away from uh, being a one-point game and having a chance to win, which uh, you and I were kind of debating off the air. I think he's talking about the... Uh, over the back that got called uh, on uh, Donovan missing at the rim, which I think you could have called a foul on Lonzo Ball on that play too. And then the foul goes against Rudy, obviously not 
He's not pleased with how that went. And it's about now, you know, you've had about enough of one another, the referees, the coaches, and the players. So it's right now that everything starts to, you know, you're about halfway through the year. You're right up against a break that you know you're getting. And the little things aggravate you to no end. Not that, um, I mean, I, I don't think Rudy was out of line right there. We'll see if, if the league is grumpy about him saying that that was a bad call. But I will say this, Rudy, for the most part this year, is kind of put the referee thing to a, to the side. I mean, if we'll remember back a couple of years ago where Rudy was a little bit, uh, um, uh, let's see, let's see, uh, honest about his opinion about the referees in the very next game, they threw him out. What was it? 16 seconds into the yeah, game at the tip. Almost. And he went, he went, uh, Bjorn Borg on the rosin cuff on the, on the scoreboard. And that was one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen because they called a foul on him on the tip, if you recall, and then they called a foul on him when he was guarding James Harden. That's right. And then that was it for Rudy. That was that that was the night right there. And he was ejected the SWAT down goes the resin. And really, you know, the jazz, uh, Dennis Lindsay was was kind of out in front of this, had to do a little bit of Rudy referee damage control where kind of had to to adjust some things to to get Rudy back on the right side of things. So, I mean, I, I don't think Rudy crossed any lines or anything like that tonight. We just haven't seen that this year where he hasn't been so focused on the referees, but tonight maybe pushed him over the edge a little bit. And, and it's interesting because I, I can look back honestly and say, I mean, I actually have friends that are referees. They're not all really bad guys, only some of them. Only most. Um, the job they do is is totally horrible, and most of them are horrible at it. Okay, that's just the truth. So it's hard. It's a hard job, and there's not really anybody out there capable of doing it. So, you know, the fact that they do it. Um, but a point I was going to make was you're typically more aggravated with the officials when you le- feel like you left something on the table. You know, when you, you know, like Rudy's really frustrated about the defensive effort. Not tonight. Not tonight. He's been talking about it a little bit for the he last has. few games. Yes, he has. But if we're if if this is a court of law and the guys we just listened to for the last hour were our witnesses, I would say the Jazz is probably guilty of not focusing and, and being detailed enough defensively. That would be my take as a as a juror. I think you're right on the money. I do love Rudy's line right there, though. It may look good on the highlight reel, but it's still an offensive yeah, foul. You're darn right it is. <laughs> it is an offensive foul. She speaks truth. But that's I I mean that's the thing with the NBA we we get into these you know what you know what player is committing what foul so you let things go I mean we saw it with Shaq for years right where he used that big backside of his to commit offensive fouls every time he got the ball on the block but he just let it go because it well, was Shaq and, and Jordan got you right know, I mean you just go down the list right I remember my my dad hated uh, Kareem he hated the Lakers hated Kareem and he, uh, he Kareem gets every call right yep. And it's, the stars do get treated different. You know, the, on the other side of it, and, and LeBron has had this complaint a couple times throughout his career that when he goes to the basket in the last seconds of a game, that he'll just get absolutely mutilated and they never call it. And you know what? He's 100% right. I remember when he missed a game-winning jumper and he said, well, it's either take that jumper or just get absolutely murdered at the rim and he takes the jumper because they never call it. So it's kind of funny because it, it works against LeBron in a way where the referees think like, "Oh, well, you're LeBron James going to the you basket. Be able to finish. Mean, you should be able to do it. I'm not going to make. I'm not going to make that call at the end of the game." And it, it's kind of funny how it works both ways sometimes. But yeah, I see what Rudy's saying, and it, it, Zion would be hard to ref for that reason, right? What's oh, an offensive constant creating contact? Exactly, and he's such a physical player and. You know, you should really hit us with that stat you were talking to me about when we were watching the game, how many and ones that Zion Williamson gets because he's just so strong and he finishes so, so well. So he he we, we talked about 84% of his shots come at the rim and that he finishes 34% of his – so on the shot where he's fouled on the shot, yeah. he finishes 34% of them, which is really high in the Way league. High. Yeah, Which is amazing. And he, he is. He's big and he's strong and – he probably does lead with those elbows, and it probably should be an offensive foul. But he just—I mean—it's hard to to referee those unique players. I'm sure. Yeah, it is. I I try. I took a stab at refing. It's not easy. Uh, I used to ref for ref practice all the time, and um, you always had guys like Tavanari chirping at you, you know, for bad calls. Um, got Archie Rose, kid from the Bahamas via Houston. 
oh, he was brutal. He was like Zion. He, I, he would constantly throw himself at guys. And they, I was, you know, I was, I was standing there trying to sort it out. It was hard. I, I would guess you, when you were refereeing, were a just let it go kind of guy. No harm, no foul kind of guy. I kind of was, but I also, you know, if I, I, I didn't like chirping. I, I gave out a few no. technicals. Did you? In practice, yeah. <laughs> and thank, thank goodness Coach backed me up. But, I, you know, I, I earned them back. I, I got teased myself. You know, I earned them back. But, yeah, I did. I gave out a few technicals. You know what? I thought of of you got a technical from the bench the other night with, uh, did you see Utah State's, um, uh, yes, uh, what the was it manager. there? The equipment manager picked up a tech on the same night that he was uh, honored before the game. And you know my sick mind. I I was looking up to try to figure out who the referees were because I can almost guarantee I can name a couple of them. Who it was? Yeah. All right, let's get through. Uh, let's get to some stat nuggets tonight from our friend Tyson Ewing. Tyson does the uh, stats for the television broadcast, and he sends us a few good ones after every game. You can follow Tyson on Twitter at ty ewing two. That's at t y e w i n g two. Uh, let's start with this. The Jazz didn't have more than three straight stops the entire game. Um, oh, let's see here. Only had, uh, let's see, until four minutes left. During their 16-3 run to cut the lead to one, the Jazz made nine stops on the Pelicans' 12 possessions. That's pretty crazy. And, and that speaks to kind of what you and I were saying. It's exactly what we were talking about. They dialed in just a little bit too late. So the, the, the question then is it was probably less about fatigue and more about urgency. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. This was the highest field goal percentage by an opponent, 56.5% since uh, November 26, 2018, when Indiana shot 58.3% in a 40-point loss. I remember that game. Think about that. The team, they, they shot, you know, historic number tonight in the paint. Um, you, you bring that stat up. And the Jazz were in a game where if they could get, you know, it go just right. They had a chance. Like Conley could have made that three, or I guess it was a two. Um, it was, a or if two. they would have got a good shot out of that. Yeah. Let me put it there. That was a weird. They could possession. have tied it. Yeah, I didn't like it I didn't from the from the jump. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, okay, that points in the paint stat I had with you guys from ESPN during crosstalk. It's actually worse than than initially reported. Okay, this is uh seventy four points in the paint. Is the most points in the paint the Jazz have given up in a non-overtime game since the stat was tracked in 85-86. Oh. So it's not only the worst since 85-86 in a non-overtime game. It it could go back infinitely. We just have no we idea because no... they didn't keep the stat. Yeah, that's a that's a bad night. <laughs> that is not good. We've had some good nights. That That's is a bad night. Not good at all. Uh, let's see here. This is the fourth time this season the Jazz have been out-rebounded by double digits. It's the second time in the last three games. Miami did it to them, too. Is that an urgency thing? Yeah, I think it can be. Um, you know, I think Quinn made the point in the Miami game, and I, I'd have to go back and watch the film, but Miami was throwing guys at Rudy, and he felt like guys could have been more urgent at going every time. Right. So, yeah, probably. Uh, Jordan Clarkson finished with five rebounds and four assists. The Jazz are now 31-4 and four when he has uh, four-plus rebounds. This snaps the 16-game winning streak when he's had four-plus. And the Jazz suffered their uh, first-ever loss when Jordan Clarkson finishes with at least four rebounds and three assists. They are now 13-1. and one. Okay, so we need to take that one off the list. Our Jordan Clarkson indicators were not right tonight. Yeah. No. All right, Donovan Mitchell finished with eight assists tonight. The Jazz are now 55-13 and 13 when he has at least six assists. They had won 11 consecutive before tonight's game. Huh. 53 rebounds is the most the Jazz have given up since the last time Vivint Arena had a packed house. It was the last home game before COVID on March 9th, 2020 against Toronto. Wow. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 11 three-pointers attempted by New Orleans tonight was the fewest three-pointers uh, attempts the Jazz have allowed since March 26th of 2016. That's 362 games, and it came in a loss. They did a good job of running New Orleans off the three-pointers. They did. No, wait. No, wait. No, wait. They didn't. <laughs> there was no real opportunity. Well, why are you going to And a stand- couple of the times when they ran, should have run them off, they ran them over. Why are you gonna, you know, why are you gonna shoot threes when you're just gonna score in the paint at will? Yeah, well, what's sixty percent 
what the, their effective field goal percentage was 60% on the night. Hmm. So it's pretty good. That's awesome. And it's what it felt like. It was like score, 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 score. Tonight was Jordan Clarkson's 61st straight game with one or more made three-pointer, the third longest active streak in the NBA and 20th longest streak in league history. And uh, final one tonight. Tonight was the 25th consecutive game with 12-plus three-pointers made. Only the Raptors have had more 12-plus three-point games in NBA history at 29. You know, it's, it is starting to get, like, now I look at it and it looks normal. Like, oh, they were 17 for 43. That's, that's kind of what they do. Yeah, which is crazy to think about with 17 made. And I, we were wrong. They only made six in the second half for on us. We were uh, Our over-prediction over was wrong. It, it was. But, I mean, think about it. They hit 50 between two games. What was that, last week? Exactly. It's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. So, yeah, the shooting thing, you know, again, this to me, and, and everybody touched on it, but this is all a urgency a defensive issue, and they there has been some slippage. I think for sure that's that's something that over the last couple of weeks they're just not as razor sharp as they were defensively. All right, go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback, available now. And Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Big thanks to Tyson Ewing for sending us a few stat nuggets as usual. The Jazz fall tonight. To the Pelicans, 129-124. to 124. We'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Fading back, right side three, no. Long rebound. Battle Boyan has it. 50 seconds left. Donovan on the run. Royce right side for three. Bang! It's a one-point game with 46.7 seconds to play. How did we get here? That was a huge play. It looked like the Jazz might be able to complete the comeback, but they fall, uh, come up a little short against the Pelicans tonight. There's your play of the game. David Locke on the call. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. It is your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jazz fall tonight at the Pelicans, 129-124. to 124. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you, and boy, that Royce shot was huge. Then Donovan tried to get one going at the rim uh, to no avail. Rudy tried to get that offensive rebound. Didn't happen. Rudy was uh, was not happy about that when we heard his postgame comments. And uh, then the Jazz uh, had another one coming back the other way where they were down three this time. And we Locke talked about it on the air, whether or not they'd go for the quick two. They decided to go for the three. Mike Conley tried to draw the contact and uh, ended up shooting an air ball. And then from there, it was uh, over. Yeah, remember, you're too young for this. You remember uh, Dandy Don Meredith? Okay, yeah. He used uh-huh. to do Monday Night Football, and he used to sing, uh, say, that you know, the game is over. You know, he'd yep. sing it every night. Um, the uh, thing that was most troubling to me tonight, Jake, is the, uh, just the – I guess the the lack of urgency, and we really just haven't seen that very much, and so I think that's the thing that kind of stands out that is um, is the most frustrating thing about tonight. But uh, you know, it sounds like the guys all understand that, and that's that's a positive. You know, it it that stat Tyson gave us in here. I I can bring it back up real quick as I clicked away from it. But uh, the difference in how many stops they couldn't get three consecutive stops all night long until the last six minutes. And all of a sudden, they're they're uh, getting stops and getting themselves back into the game. And that's got to be, I mean, uh, here it is. The Jazz didn't have uh, more than three straight stops the entire game until four minutes left during their 16-3 run to cut the lead to one. The Jazz made nine stops on the Pelicans' 12 possessions. I mean, it, it, it says a lot, but when they got dialed in, they decided to go out there and, and make it a little more difficult for them. They did a good job. It just came way too late. That's why coaches like, you know, Coach Rose used to say to me all the time, because we'd have runs like that where we'd play great and stretches, and he's like, man, honestly, if you could figure out a way to bottle that, you know, and then sell that on the open market to coaches around the country when their team needed a little uh, pick-me-up, um, you know, it, it's just invaluable. Momentum's a huge part of it, but um, I, I'll never understand why kind of some of the ebbs yeah. and flows in that. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> goodness 
Swallowed down the wrong way. Sorry about that. Bogdanovich led the way for the Jazz. If you're just joining us, 31 points, seven rebounds, had an assist. He had three steals as well, 11 of 21 shooting, seven of 11 from three. Rudy with 22 and nine. He also had five block shots. Donovan Mitchell had 21 points but struggled shooting the ball tonight. Seven of 21 from the field, one of eight from three. He did have eight assists and four rebounds as uh, was, was still eyes out making plays. Jordan Clarkson, 20 points on 7 of 14, shooting 3 of 7, 5 boards, 4 assists, just kind of doing Jordan Clarkson things. But uh, the Pelicans, extremely efficient, getting points in the paint, 74 points in the paint tonight for the Pelicans, 26 uh, points apiece for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Lonzo Ball had 13. Eric Bledsoe with 11. J.J. Redick had 17 coming in off the bench. And Josh Hart had uh, 13 as well as uh, the Pelicans offensively over the last month have been the best team in the league, and uh, they looked at tonight. Yeah, they they definitely have an identity. I think that's maybe what we talked about, that they looked like a team without an identity the first time around. Uh, but it's interesting to see how they've kind of evolved, and they definitely are playing with a great purpose and understand where they're getting their baskets. All right, Tim, let's get a few final thoughts before we turn the page to the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday, the final game before the All-Star break. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, there hasn't I, – I, you and I kind of talked through in pregame, uh, what are our – you know, what are our, our thoughts on the game? You know, you, they're going to win tonight. And, and most nights we've actually been pretty dialed in. Um, tonight we were a little like, I'm not sure what to expect because – the, you know, the Miami game was was understandable. Uh, the Orlando game, they I just don't know that Orlando could beat them really anyway. Um, and so really this this brought a great test. And uh, unfortunately, the Jazz just need to uh, figure out a way to stay motivated defensively, stay locked in, um, and really focus on on the detail that that is, uh, you know, has been so good to them throughout the year. All right, we want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone. Terrific work uh, calling the action as usual up here in the studio again tonight. Awesome to have them up here. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, actually. They'll be up here again on Wednesday. Um, I'm not sure after Disney on Ice goes how many games we'll have them up in the studio with us for the remainder of the year. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Good memory. We'll always look back on and kind of say, man, that was weird. weird David times. being the foodie that he is went out. We went tie tonight. I know you uh, enjoyed that. I appreciated that. that. Yeah. Thank you, David. Look at David go. Tell you what, he knows where to eat around town. That and day. I learned tonight you don't like spice. Not a spicy guy. Not a Thai guy. But uh, that's all right. Uh, but anyway, it's fun to have those guys up here. Uh, thanks to Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight. Thanks to Alex Lumberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to the title sponsor of the postgame show. That's Mark Miller's Subaru. Go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Thank you, Coach Lacombe. Enjoy your night off tomorrow. Sounds good. We'll be back uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, indeed, uh, where the Jazz will take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that game will tip off at 5 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 4. Tonight, the Jazz, they fall to 27-8 and eight on the season. They lose to the New Orleans Pelicans 129-124, and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.